and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast ahead of Future Champions Weekend in Newmarket. And we've got Chepstow for the Jumps fans as well. This is prime time for racing fans because we've got top class two-year-old racing. We've got a big field flat handicap and we've got the Jumps kicking off at Chepstow. So people are, there's no reason to complain. On this podcast, listeners and viewers, no complaints, please, because there really is something for everyone. I am joined, as always, by Dan Barber, Daryl Carter and Kevin Blake. Before we go any further, offers in the whole of October, actually, a completely free bet on racing multiples available every weekend in October. But you must opt in. You must do it responsibly. And of course, there's also the bet five, get five multiple offer as well. But like I say, please do it responsibly, everyone. Um, Kevin Blake, you are in Newmarket. So let's just have a very quick weather update because we do have some unsettled weather and that is not what specifically the big two-year-old races will want. Yeah, like it was super warm earlier in the week, like unusually warm, but um, from last night into today, it, it has rained. And we haven't got an update from Newmarket since first thing this morning, but like I'd be surprised if they weren't surprised with how long it's continued to rain. Um, it's it's to clear like during the day, but again, it's coming back tonight and from midnight onwards, you know, they're they're thinking they might get 15 mil um in kind of the 24 hours up until tomorrow morning. Um I'd say they've been pretty happy with the ground up to this point. It was good to firm, good in places, but you know, if they get 15 mils, it's just not going to be like that. Um and uh, you know, speculating the impact that 15 mil will have on it. Um it's going to make the ground softer, clearly. How much softer? Um I was to guesstimate, I'd say kind of easy side of good. Um, and that might be optimistic. So just bear that in mind. And York, they're also expecting a right hold. Uh, wallop of rain uh, tonight no not tonight uh, Friday um, from Friday onwards um, and they're already on the easy side of good so um, come Saturday you know I think we'll be we'll be expecting maybe this ground on the softer side um, so yeah rain October who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought indeed right well I'm going to stick with you then Kev to kick off the first race on Friday at Newmarket. Now, just bear in mind, listeners and viewers, we have an awful lot of racing to get through on this show. We're going to give you plenty of winners, but we're going to crack on through. If we don't have a strong view, we're going to move on. But the Cornwallis is up first, first of the two-year-old races over Future Champions Weekend, over the five furlongs. And Kevin Philippart Defoy's inquisitively is now your three-to-one favourite in this, the 10 Sovereigns Colt. Um, Flora Bermuda is next best at seven to two. Mia Harris in there for Owen Burroughs' yard as well, eight to one. And further down the betting at around nine to one is Asheen, is it, for Donica O'Brien, who stepped up markedly, Kev. This is why I wanted to start with you when uh, she won that listed race at the Curragh. Her profile isn't as kind of sexy as others, but I wondered if you thought the Irish Raider was a touch big in the market. Yeah, she'll have a fair chance, I'd say. Um, like, look, the rain could change the complexion of this race big time. Um, like, if it goes, if it goes softer than than feared, you know, the likes of Inquisitively was taken out on soft ground, um, the other day. Like, I would have come in here making a bit of a case for Zulu Chief at a big price. Um, the thought being that the the drop back and trip would be a benefit to him after he ran so well in the sales race under you know a pretty aggressive ride from the front, um, the other day, but. 
Um, soft ground would be a concern there. Again, another one that's been a non-runner on that type of ground before. Um, so like, like you've seen, I, I, I can see it. And I don't think softening ground will be a problem. Um, has raced exclusively at five so far, but like not, you know, I think she will get six and, you know, five on rain, softened ground. I think it's probably going to be a help to her. She's had a little freshen up, um, since that day where she kind of, you know, can go to stakes level on, on her first attempt and coming from a fair way back to beat Alabama. So I thought she might be a reasonable each way option now in a race that could get a little bit messed about except with non runners, et cetera, if, if the ground goes soft. Okay, uh, currently nine to one. Donna Crow Bryan's runner in there. Um, Daryl, this race is playing four places with Betfair on the sports book. Where did you land? Were you up near the top of the market? Ah, you stole my line about the places. Um, well, I was going to give a good mention to Zulu Chief, but Kev's clearly put a dampener on, on that one's chances. Did you not like that pun? No, dampener on it. No, oh, come on, come on. Um, I thought let's stick with this thing. I thought stick with the obvious, really, um, and, and that was Flora Bermuda for me. We'll have no problem with the ground. It's continuing to run to a high level this season. Um, it was only a couple of lengths behind Big Evs at Doncaster last time so in that group two there. Um, I, I just, it, with the weather being the way it is, it, and this being a two-year-old race, it, it's, you know, they're hard enough as it is, but with the changing complexion of the weather, I just thought Flora Bermuda, Flora of Bermuda would be the most solid option just to give her a run in. Um, with a five, with a four places, five to one each way, around that sort of price. I think um, well, seven to two on the Betfair Sports, but maybe not an each way bet then. But I thought it would be the most likely winner, to be honest. But there's going to be loads of non-runners coming out of here. The stalls are the far side, which means low numbers are going to be favoured against that rail. We'll just have to see how that pans out throughout the day if the ground does turn testing. But there'll be a tentative selection, Flora of Bermuda. Beautiful. All right. I will stick with you then, Daryl, as we move on to up over the seven furlongs for the two-year-olds. This time, just the fillies in the oh-so-sharp stakes. Uh, Skelet is your 13-2 to market leader with Betfair on the sports, but for the Rafe Beckett yard, she's a half-sister to Skitter Scatter, and she's now been brought, obviously, by Jubmont because we've previously seen her in her homebred colours. So interesting colour and ownership change for Skelet. They obviously see plenty of ability in her and what she did at Salisbury dance sequence three to one after that just had the one run for the Appleby team and then after that you've got some more sort of a few horses in there who have got a bit more experience Daryl yeah I think the top two are the correct top two at the right at the market I think they're the right way round I think they're both very very promising um I thought Skelet was pretty impressive at Salisbury uh, the way she got on got on top of Serena Saref at the line was was really quite taking. She comfortably held that horse that day. That horse had previously been behind Carla's way at Newbury. She's subsequently gone out and give uh, give a good form boost to Skelet by winning at Newbury next time. Richard Hannon's talking about that horse for the, coming back for the Fred Darling in April. So. You know, the form does look pretty, pretty good. She was unlucky not to win, I thought, at Sandown on debut. But Judmont, I, I rarely see this, really, Judmont picking up a horse like this halfway through the season. But she, she's got an abundance of promise. And uh, I think she's 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 well up to this level. Um, I would just give a good mention to Dance Sequence. Like, don't get me wrong, I will be back in Skelet, no doubt about it. But Dance Sequence had come from off a very slowly run race on debut. She was hammered in the market into odds on. Uh, so they clearly thought a bit of her. She quickened up really well um, and finished with her ears pricked. Didn't do too much in front, showed a lot of greenness, but the sectional she showed when she quickened up were two two back-to-back sub-11 seconds 11 second sectionals. And given 
this horse is bred to be better over further, uh, she could be pretty useful. But I just think that Skellet, um, with that, just a bit, she just looks a bit more forward than Dance Sequence. I think she'll take a bit of beating. Kev, do you concur? Are you with the market leader here in those new colours? Um, no, going to go with one with a, with a different profile in um, Sheik Columbine. Um, oh. George Bowie um, has had six runs. You know, came out you know very different route. You know, won a won a maiden at the third attempt. Started off in nurseries off a mark of seventy four, um, but it has very much driven on since then. Um, now four in a row, um, won a valuable fillies race at Goodwood last time in good style. Um, runner ups come out and then well, Jakarta the boost finished a bad third in a stakes race. Um, and look, I, I just think she'll be well equipped for what this is. If the ground goes a bit soft, um, the, they'll be doing a rain dance, I'd imagine. Um, I've I've forgiven George Bowie because this this filly was entered to run in the nursery on the fine light of the racing league off a mark of eighty, and um, connections completely disgracefully decided to go for a very valuable race at Doncaster and then the following day instead, um, oh, which um, um, almost created an Anglo-Irish, uh, you know. <laughs> A uh, serious political meltdown, but anyway, I've, I've forgiven and got over it. Giorgio um, Bowie, see them. Oh, I know Giorgio Bowie let us down, <laughs> but um, hopefully she she can go and win <laughs> win a group three for them here because I think I think she's got a great chance. Okay, currently four to one with Sportsbook. On we go, and um, Dan Barber has been trying to chip in there because he's been very quiet thus far. But you can come in here for the um, well it's the Thoroughbred Industry Employee Awards Challenge Stakes it's the Group 2 it's over the 7 furlongs it's the 3 o'clock at Newmarket on Friday and Audience is your 2 to 1 favourite taking on Chindit at 3 to 1 still running over here in the UK should have been a ring 100 to 30 Matilda Picot off the back of what she did at Doncaster around the 4 to 1 mark um, and Pogo in there at 8 as well Dan you fancy one in here? Yeah I think we I mean, there'll be there'll be classier examples and there'll be more obvious candidates for horse of the year. But my personal one on the floor, I think Chindit's one of the contenders. Oh seven go we thought he was being parked off we to did? India not that long ago. We know he's going there uh, for stud duties at some point, but he's absolutely thriving on a busy schedule. He's won two of his last three. I mean, the new market race, the Joel Stakes, he all but won. It was a bunch finished and he, and he was caught out by a rather tactical race. But that's my way into this. I just don't think this is going to be tactical. You've got Matilda Picard, who was seen to really good effect using her stride at Doncaster. Pogo, we know what he'll do. An audience's best performances. I'm surprised. I've got to say I'm surprised he's favourite of all been when um, forcing the pace in races like this. I thought it would set up really well for Chindi, who has the added bonus of... You go back, you assume that Ryan must have ridden him given Ryan's long-held links with with the stable. This is the first time that Ryan Moore, Ross or Ryan's had a go, but Ryan Moore has never had a go on him before. And I mean, he's bound to run his race again, isn't he? I've got should have been a ring as the main danger. The three to one, 100 to 30, the pair wouldn't say it's a million that it's less than evens that one of them wins it. But primarily I thought Chindit was so solid, he was overpriced. Interesting. Daryl, do you concur that audience is the wrong favourite in here? No, no, I think he's the right favourite. Uh, I think he'll sit in box seat. I think Matilda Picot, I think Pogo will go forward. I think Robert Havlin will just take a little bit of a pull, sit behind the two. Again, the stalls mentioned the stalls are the far side. Um, 
the audience has drawn him one. I think he'll have box seat and I think he'll quicken away and win. Um, I think he's going to be deserving of this victory. I do fear Chindit. If the ground gets testing, I do fear Chindit because he stays well. He stays at seven furlongs well. He's just never quite been at his best when sort of things get hot in the midsection of the race over this seven furlong trip. So audience for me. Brilliant. Uh, I will stick with you then, Daryl, for the old Roly Cup, the Heritage Handicap for the three-year-olds, mile four, the trip and humanity it, under the penalty is your 15 to two favourite currently for the Gosden team. Uh, Al Sakib is in there for Andrew Balding at fours. Denmark, obviously last seen in the St. Ledger at sixes. Shadow Dance next, also in there, sorry, at six to one. This race is paying the four places. How are you playing it? Do you have the winner or an each way bet for us? No, I got the winner, I think. Uh, Al Sakib. Uh, I was really impressed with what he did at Ascot last time. I know that was on better ground and he's not going to have that today, but he handled Goodwood uh, when it was, you know, horrendous conditions behind Royal Ryan pretty well. He was staying on at the finish, one of the only horses to come out from the pack that day. He's improving rapidly. The time at Ascot was really good uh, the last day, and I just think there's loads more to come from him. He's very lightly raced. I think he's, uh, I think he's got stronger claims than the favourite Humanity, who has obviously been put in here because he's well in at the weights. But I'd be a little bit suspect of his form on the all weather at the moment, and uh, I think Al Sakib is going the right way. So he'll do for me. Okay, yeah, sort of ticks a few more boxes, specifically the turf angle, Kev, which obviously humanity doesn't tick at this stage in terms of the fact that he bolted in at Kempton when we last saw him. Um, do you think he's the rightful favourite in here? Oh, God, you have to have him in as five, I think. You know, he's he's eight pounds well in. Um, that, that's, that's, that's a lot to be well in. <laughs> and like he was, he was really impressive. And I know he hasn't done it on turf yet. Um, but like you, you look at him move and his pedigree and everything else, you'd be pretty shocked if he's if he's not capable of doing it. And um, I'd say the ease in the ground would be no problem at all. Like he shows plenty of knee action, and um, if these roaring lines, like we're we kind of we, we kind of have a fairly good handle on them now. Like and they just improve for kind of time and distance. And um, he was obviously a bit slow getting going, but based on last time, now he's he's got a fair bit more improvement in him, and he gets to run off six pounds lower here than he should. And um, yeah, I, to be honest, I know it's a competitive race, but um, given how well in he is with the scope to improve further, um, I didn't think his price was unreasonable at the head of the market, to be honest. Okay, Dan, top two in the market have now been tipped up from the boys in Al Sakib and Humanity. Do you have anything else to add into the mix or do you think the focus is on the top two? Yeah, I do. I mean, the, the, the humanity is clearly the most fascinating horse in the race, isn't it? I find it hard to believe he'll be better on turf, but as Kev says, he needn't necessarily have to be. But mm-hmm. then I'll look and think, well, he's one run on turf. He was threes on and he did get turned over. Um, I was quite impressed with Shadow Dance. It wasn't much for a race at Haydock, but he really did warm to his task. He came off a break and the better the best part of his race undoubtedly was the last couple of furlongs or so he absolutely powered clear, but I can't help but reflect on what Denmark did going back to the, the Melrose at York, giving middle earth a proper race, having, yeah, he's got, he's got an ungainly way of going about things, but he pulled nearly four lengths clear of Fox journey and Lordship horses that have been in really good Nick middle earth come out and won at pattern level since, and Denmark was sacrificed as a pacemaker in the St. Ledger. I'm relieved that he's had 
four weeks off since because he probably needed it after that. But I still think there's mileage in him off 102, the way he shaped at uh, York. It's just a case of channeling him in the right direction. Small bet this because I think it's a very open and competitive race, but Denmark was my first choice. All right. Well, Denmark's currently sixth one with the sports book. Shadow Dance is also sixth one that you've given an honourable mention to there. That means that we've got the top four covered <laughs> in that race. Uh, so divide of opinion. Oh, I've got 19 other races or whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on we go to the 410. Uh, big group one on Friday is, of course, the Phillies Mile uh, for the two-year-olds. And Shuari and Yilang Yilang go head-to-head again. Shuari is 13-8 to eight at the top of the market to right the wrong of that Rockfell defeat. And Yilang Yilang is in there at three to one to bounce back from the very disappointing run in the Rockfell. Classical song next best for Ray Beckett, 100 to 30. See the fire, seven to one. Those are just your top few in there. Kev, I'll come to you, seeing as you're over in Newmarket and you'll be covering this, I presume, on ITV. Um, it doesn't look the strongest renewal of this, I think it's fair to say. I wouldn't like to say it couldn't be. Um, like in terms of form, in terms of form coming in, no, it doesn't look vintage. But okay. like we have enough potential improvers in there that you know it could still stack up. But we'll give it a chance first. <laughs> um, look, I, I think I think it's it's interesting. Like I'm a big fan of of Shawari, Um Clearly, better than bare form last time. Had an interrupted prep going into it. Um, I just think she's probably a shade short now, and I don't really like. Yalang Yalang either. I know she's drifted a little bit since this was initially priced, but I, I, I was surprised she was put in the price she was. Um because you know you, you watched that run at Newmarket last time, and I know both her and Shuari are stepping up and trip, and she particularly shaped as though to step up and trip would suit, but like to me, it was like the definition of kind of cheap late gains there, having got totally outpaced. So um, while she clearly has a chance, I didn't think she deserved to be, you know, whatever she was at the time, second fav. I'm sure she won't be that bummed off. Um, but I, I looked at the bigger prices there and I thought Noel Mead might win the Philly Smile. Um, with, with caught you looking. Um, a Harzan Philly out of a master craftsman mare. Um, like not the likeliest of profiles now, but in fairness to her, like she's she's been very good. Uh, like shape with loads of promise behind Yilang Yilang on debut and then come out and like put up this remarkable performance at Leopardstown um, in an auction maiden but it's one that's worked out quite well she beat a horse called Stromberg who who's a smart horse himself and like visually the time the style of it like she looked like a weapon and um, she, she went missing for a little while after that but came back in the, in the Wild Park Stakes last time and Got the job done in a, in a slightly messy race, but like she was never as strong as she was at the finish and stepping up and trip with that pedigree. Like, like Harzan just doesn't get two year olds, you know, like never mind, you know, proper stakes two year olds and a master craftsman there as well. Like, she's surely going to be a mile and a half, Philly, in due course. So, stepping up from seven to a mile is very much going to help her. And, you know, as well as the form, she has the clock backing her up. She seems to be being a bit disrespected by the market here at a double figure price. Um, Colin Keane is going over for the ride. And um, I'd be strong enough on her now. I'd be disappointed if she's not in the mix. Okay. A, a nod for court. You're looking at 10 to 1. Um, I think Brendan Duke, our friend of the show, mm. Brendan Duke, uh, gave this horse a big shout after she won when we last saw her on Wade In. So he'll be happy to hear that. Uh, Daryl, are you looking away from the top few in the market given their prices currently? 
Oh, I'll definitely look away from Yelang Yelang, but uh, perhaps not uh, Shawari. I thought uh, I thought she was just caught too far out of her ground at a crucial time. I thought Oshie Murphy gave her a, a bit of a bad ride, in all honesty. I thought he was expecting the pack to try and close down Carla's way and the pacemaker, but he sort of waited too long. And by the time he pulled out and gone after him, it was, it was, it was all, it was all over. It was too late. She's bred to improve for going up in distance. Um, the final sectional at Newmarket wouldn't suggest that she wanted a mile on the back of that evidence alone, but she had to do a lot of running to, to get to that final furlong. And I suspect Tom Marquand will have her a bit more handily if, if, if she allows him to this time around. And I don't think she'll get caught too far out of her ground. I, and ultimately, I think she, she's she got a smart turn of foot for a horse uh, stepping up to a mile. So I think she's the form horse. I think she's the right market leader. I think she's a fair price. Would I be going steaming into her? No, but I think she's probably the most likely winner. Okay. And Dan, we know you don't like two-year-old races, but give us the winner of the Phillies Mile. Yeah, that's that's part of the secret with this one because by the time I this bet that I'm going to recommend runs, she'll be a three-year-old. I wonder if the mileage is back in Shuari at 14s for the for the 1,000. Um, she's 13 to 8 to win this race. Granted, Yalang Yalang's 33s for the 1,000, but I share the negativity with the lads as well. I just think she's crying out for the trip, and it's very simple, isn't it? If if you're a blistering winner of the Phillies Mile, which is, as the, SP, as the likely SP would suggest, is not beyond the realms of possibility, I just don't think you're going to get that sort of price about a filly who's made such a promising start. So short and sweet, ignore Saturday, ignore Friday and back her for the guineas instead. All right, beautiful. I knew you were going to do something left field with that. Um, Dan, I will stick with you as reward for such a... Reward. Yeah, as reward. Um, as we go over to York, please, a couple of races to cut, well, three races from York on Friday on ITV, including um, the Finale Handicap, which well, don't mention the sponsor's name, one mile, six furlongs here. And <laughs> Urban Nope. Urban Outlook is your four to one favourite in here for the Andrew Balding team. Been a bit of a revelation since he's been stepping up to these sort of trips in handicaps. And he's taking on two Haggis horses in here, Kingfisher King at six to one and Lordship at 13 to two. Um, I'm hoping there's more to come from Lordship, who's disappointed a couple of times, but I do think he's still got some ability left in that handicap mark. But Kingfisher King is also in there, Dan. Where did you land? Well, it passed the point of me saying, Vanessa, I wasn't really doing this one, but you were you were coming up with such a lovely soliloquy that I thought I'd just let you flow. And what I'll do seamlessly, because nobody will have realised now, I'll say, what do you fancy for this, Daryl? I thought it was really hard. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm with V. I, I fancy Lordship. I think, he's, yes. uh, I think he's a cracking price, really. Four places on a Betfair Sportsbook for this. 13 to 2. Like I, he couldn't get involved in the race behind the key last time from off the pace. Like they just went far too slow. Um, he, he still clocked the fastest final furlong, which suggests he's still in a bit of form. I thought he was a cracking run in the Melrose, beating five lengths by Middle Earth. I thought that was by far the strongest form in the race. I thought this was a, a, a weak enough renewal, like like an urban outlook at the top of the market. Sorry, Kevin, for fancying, but like his his win last time at Haydock was like identical to the class five on the following class five race on the card. So, you know, it might visually it might look good, but it wasn't in terms of there wasn't much you know depth to it. Um, 
Okay, I thought Kingfisher King was handicapped out of things on 97. I didn't like anything else down the field. I didn't think Caravan Club would want soft ground. William Haggis has been talking about, you know, like to get a bit of dig in the ground for Lordship. They've been mentioning it time after time after time that it'd go better with a bit of cut in the ground. So, look, he's, and Haggis has got a good record in the race. So I think he ticks a lot of boxes, four places. I think you've got to back him each way. I think he's, I think he's a proper bet each way. Daryl, case made, but come on, you've been listening to this show longer than you've been on this show, surely. So you've missed out the ultimate cliche there. Haggis at York. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I thought you were going to really let me down. Cheers, Daryl. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, all aboard Lordship in the 240 at York. Uh, Kev, let's move on to the 315 at York, which is also paying the four places. This is the EBF final for the two-year-olds over the seven furlongs. Um Wide open, essentially. The coffee pod, nine to two for Richard Hannon. African Spirit, the once race, five to one. Gray Cuban in there for the Hugo Palmer team, yet to get off the market, seven to one. Can do no more for Tim Easterby, lightly raised. Nellie Lalax at eight to one. She's had a few wins next to her name, and she has more experience in there here for Tom Dascom. But who's your tip in that? Yeah, can do no more will do for me. Um Tim Easterby unexposed, like you say, two runs. Um, like Tim Easterby would be kind of a three percent debut two-year-old trainer. Um, and considering that, like I just thought he ran huge first time, um, beating a short head and shaped really well again next time at Tursk. And I wonder, did they have this race in their in their heads? Um, it's worth an awful lot of money, gets in off eight stone ten. Um, yeah, can do no more, will do for me. Okay, currently eight to one. Uh, with the sports book. Let's move on. We're rattling through this. Autumn Mile Time. Dan, I'm hopeful that this is one race that you are doing. Yeah, yes, I'm all joking. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's paying the four places, the 350, the Autumn Mile up at York. And Latam is your four to one favourite, having let punters down at Goodwood the last twice. He's been a bit of a disappointment in that regard, but he takes on Mill Bosk here at six to one, Northern Express sixes as well. A star of Orion in there for Rafe Beckett at six to one and Happy Allen, who of course has the form with the market leader Latam from Goodwood at 13 to 2 Dan yeah look neither Haggis horse winning would would surprise you would it Latam still it's hard to forget what he did first time out that that late surge it looked a group horse really didn't he and he's had just one subsequent win to show for it the other one being Mill Bosk who has been the subject of many a tip on racing only better during his season ex-French horse and the closest he's come to winning was his most recent out in at Haydock behind Sparks Fly. So I can see both of those, but I'm hoping class will out here with Northern Express, who he's pretty mustered everywhere. It's last time in the Air Gold Cup, it's six furlongs. Of course, you can forgive that. That's basically the only time he's not run to something like his level this season. And even though he finished 18th, he was beating only three lengths. He's especially effective, though, at York. Three of his wins have been here. Absolutely revels in biggish field handicaps with strong with a strong gallop. No sign of air to me that he's over the top for the season. And yeah, stall 10, I'd rather he was drawn a bit more inside, but he'll be steadied anyway. And the likes of Cruyff Turn and an Autumn Festival should ensure a well-run race here. I suppose the other question is, which is a pick of the David O'Mara quartet? Because he always seems to win these and he runs four, but I'm with Dodsey, giving £7 away all round, but he is uh, the classiest horse in the race. 
Okay, Northern Express is six to one. Daryl, what about you? Are you getting involved with the extra place at all? Yes, I was going to. I was looking at two, to be honest. I was looking at our old friend Orban, um, who gets the first time visor. But I'm just slightly concerned that maybe I'm looking for that performance that he produced last year, and perhaps he's just not that horse this year. He's, not, he's eight years old now. Perhaps he's just not got that in. But he does run well at York. He did catch the eye uh, on his penultimate start here, up to a mile. Deep ground might be okay for him. Might just slow everything else down. The other one was the, the La Trinidad, who I think is in career best form. Recorded his highest RPR of 102 last time out in the uh, series final at Redcar, which I thought was a cracking run from him. Uh, it's frustrating. I've seen that he's already been back from big prices into into eight to one on the Betfair Sportsbook now, but he won't mind uh, won't mind the ground. He's been knocking on the door in his last few starts. Loves York. A uh, couple of starts back in the Clipper Logistics, he was just travelling like an absolute beast and uh, was weaving his way through. Uh, and just couldn't get there in time. So I'm going to give him another chance. He's on a fair mark, won't mind the ground, loves York. Um, yeah, he should go well, hopefully. Okay, well, that's uh, eight to one and nine to one point, respectively, for Daryl. Um, Daryl, let's stick with you and do a bit of jumping, please. And we've got yes. very different types of races to get stuck into over at Chepstow for their big sort of jump season opener. Uh, the 135 at Chepstow is on ITV4, and it is the Veterans Handicap Chase. Um, and you've got I Wright in here making his seasonal reappearance now at the age of 10. He's seven to two at the top of the market, taking on good boy Bob. Bobby, um, around the nine to two mark. Danny Kerwin in there as well, nine to two. Land of Smiles is five to one and is the one near the top of the market who has the race fitness edge. I was at Utoxeter when he won and he's since won again as well. He's on a bit of a roll for Peter Bowen's yard. Can these horses on their seasonal reappearances outdo a horse like Land of Smiles who's on a roll, Daryl? Yeah, I think so. I think it all changes when it comes to the start of October when you start getting the winter horses back out. I think I Wright's a very fair price at the top of the market, to be quite honest. I know he I know he was um I know he's eight pounds worse off with good boy Bobby for their meeting when they were uh, hammering tongs at the line in the rehearsal chase, but they've gone two completely different ways. I Wright when was running in grade three and grade ones, like his last start, I Wright was in the uh, Betfair chase at Ascot, for example. Good boy Bobby's been beaten in class threes. I know he's got a good record fresh. I'm just not sure with Simon Manure and Isaac Swade getting rid of him now. Is he the same horse? I think I Wright's mark of 150 is absolutely fine. Um, it's quite interesting, I Wright's profile, when they start him over this sort of trip for three miles, um, he tends to be fit and ready to go first time up. Other times um, on his seasonal return, they've started him over two miles and just sort of give him a spin. Um, I think he'll be fit and ready to do himself justice. So I think he's the most likely winner in my mind. I think he's the classiest horse in the race. I thought Thomas Darby was a little bit interested, I must admit. Just a little bit interesting. Um, he's only had five starts over over fences. I don't know how much I'll trust him, but I think he'll run his race. I think he'll go well. He was the best of these over hurdles, don't forget, albeit a long time ago now. Um, but I think I write the most likely when he's going to pop out. I think he'd be handy. You want to be handy at Chepstow, and uh, hopefully he can uh, he can get the job done. Okay, I write the tip then at seven to two. I think, Dan, it's fair to say you'd have to be a brave man to be tipping up Thomas Darby outright at any sort of price, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, he's, a bit, he's quirky, isn't he? He surprised me. I thought he was way too old to be going back chasing, but he did better than I thought he would. Whether the novelty wore off, I don't know. But yeah, change that two next to the seven to two to a four because I write is a really, really good bet at that price. I nice. mean, first time out last season, he's running off 156 at Kelso on his return. He's giving six pounds to Sounds Russian 
who would have won a Cotswold had he not made a bad mistake. Third horse was the ill-fated Hill 16. Um, he was running off. I mean, he was a victim, wasn't he, of his own consistency. He just kept performing with such great credit in all those big handicap chases. But suddenly the handicap has shown him some remarkable leniency after he tried to make all in the role of Merrick, where the, the leaders went bonkers in front, off 156. He returns off 150. He's got a smashing record fresh. He's being tasked now, instead of trying to run the finish out of proper grade one chase, as he has been for much of his career, he's trying to run the finish out of veterans. It's his first run of veterans race, down to 150. I was at Kelso the other day, and yes, the race fell apart a bit, but Harriet Graham and Gary Rutherford had uh, a winner first time out for the campaign. Um in that likable stay of Brandy McQueen, first time over fences. So that's a positive as well. And I think he's, I don't want to say certainty, but if Landis Smiles beats him, I'll be up, I'll fall over with shock. Didn't he, didn't he give Landis Land Smiles a stone over hurdles? Not like a couple of Poss- uh, I can't, ago, I, it, so. That's not in the, at the top of my head, to be honest, Dazzler. But okay. God, he, his chance at the ways is so obvious. We've mm. given I right enough enough airtime, I'm afraid. Uh, on we go <laughs> to enough. the Persian War. Um, yeah, to the Persian War novices chase the Grade Two. Um, very interesting. The the third in the champion bumper, Captain Teague makes his hurdling debut here in a seasonal reappearance for the Paul Nichols team. He's four to six at the top of the market, Daryl, and he's taking on Rock House and a few others in here, Mullinari and. Resplendent Grey, who all have hurdling form and have the hurdling experience. I did an interview with Paul Nichols for Betfair this morning, actually, where he just said that basically there's what what is there up for grabs? Nearly 30 grand in the prize pot for the Persian War. And you can come and run in a grade two with a horse like this, or you can spin around for three grand, three or four grand somewhere else, much more low key. And he's decided to come here, which I think is very interesting. Oh, it'll be straight. It'll be straight for this. I can guarantee this. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be, he'll be ready for this. Um, he's only got to run to one three. I've got him to run to. If he can run to one three five, I think he'll he'll take the beating. Um, obviously, there's there's loads of sort of you know caveats with with hurdle and debutants etc. But if he's not running to 135 first time out, you're going to be extremely disappointed. A lot of people talking about this also, you know, for for graded races down the line. And you know he will need to be running to one three five to beat these. There's a lot of ones by a lot of these horses' names, but there's not too much substance to to what they've achieved. I would just put um, uh, Della Casalunga out of that car- uh, category because she does have some significant form, and she will probably run to sort of around the one thirty mark and sixteen to one about her on the Betfair Sportsbook is probably a bit over the top, really. So perhaps that's the bet in the without market or, or each way, but. I, I think you. I don't want to steam into to Captain T because I'd feel silly if I did on a handicap on a on a hurdle and debut, but debutant. But he he should be winning this. <laughs> okay, uh, Dan, you have no fear of feeling silly steaming in at a short price, do you? Are you all aboard the Captain Teague train? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm no way I'm suggesting he's a bet. He's four to six to win a Persian War first time out. Um, I do think Resplendent Grey's got a proper engine. He'll be a really good horse in a strongly run race. He's got a lot of ability. Um, but I collared Harry Cobden for a bit of a chat yesterday at Ludlow on the bench outside the weighing room and just referenced this horse. And he wasn't shy about the regard in which it's held, saying he's a bit of a standout and stuff. And he, he finished third in a champion bumper, which... 
for a British horse to do that nowadays is as rare as rocking horse, you know what. Yeah, I yeah, I can get that. Um, let's move on. Kev, we'll bring you back in as we jump back over to Newmarket on Saturday. Uh, Autumn Stakes will kick things off at 125 over the mile. And Ancient Wisdom is your seven to four favourite currently taking on Orn in there at four to one. Arabic Legend, five to one. Uh, Chief Little Rock is Aidan O'Brien's main runner, 11 to two. Where did you land in the Autumn Stakes, Kev? I, I thought Chief Little Rock was overpriced myself. Um, has come forward run to run um, I thought he ran really well in the Beresford he was second to deep one um, was kind of up there in the van and just kept galloping um, like lo- looked uh, you know, pro- a proper middle-listed horse in the making which is what he's bred to be he's a he's a full brother to Okita Sushi who um, who we know a Royal Ascot winner this year and um, yeah I just thought he was overpriced um, I think um, that having that bit of experience um, in the bag will stand to him. Um, I think softening ground is going to be no issue whatsoever and will in fact help him in that it'll put more emphasis on stamina. And um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was very fair at the price, to be honest. Okay. And that price is 11 to 2. Um, Daryl, what about you in here? Uh, Arabic legend for me. Uh, I was quite taken with what he did behind Arabian Crown at Salisbury. Uh, he took a moment to, to pull himself out and, and and quicken up, but when he did, he really hit another gear. And he, I thought, I thought he finished with a lot of running left, and I felt that Oshie Murphy probably thought there'd be definitely be another day with him. Um, I think he's getting better by the run. Took a big step forward on the ratings to the tune of eleven pounds between his first two runs. I think um, I think he's got uh, another big performance in him, and he's handled the new market undulations already when he ran um, in his maiden when he won his maiden on the July course. So. Uh, I think he's got plenty in his favour. Okay, well, I'm going to stick with you then, Daryl, for the Dewhurst, the big race on Saturday, the feature race of the weekend, really. The group one for the Colts over the seven furlongs, and we get to see the long-awaited return of City of Troy, who's currently four to nine for the Aidan O'Brien yard at the top of the market. This Justify Colt has literally done nothing wrong. Two starts, two wins, and he's rocking and rolling here to the Dewhurst. Um, can't wait to see him. But he takes on Champagne Stakes winner in Iberian, who, of course, beat Rosalian, who we've seen winning since over in Longchamp. So that form stacks up. But will anything in this race, Daryl, be able to put it up to the might that is City of Troy? No. <laughs> right there we go is that, is that just he wins we sit back and enjoy it or do you have a way yeah, of- look, if he runs he wins if if it gets really tested he, he probably won't run and then you've got a completely different race to, to, to pick apart but if he runs I think he wins yeah okay pretty straightforward then uh, are we likely to see him Kev given the forecast you've given us they'll run him won't they isn't this been as big target yeah I know look I think Aidan said today that look we're going to run him um, regardless of how much rain, we don't want rain, but um, they're, they're keen to get one more run into them and look, this is the place to do it. So they'll be hoping that the rain isn't too excessive. Um, like you, you have to say, like it was good soft ground when he was so impressive um, <clears throat> in the superlative. So um, like if there's a bit of an ease in it, it shouldn't be an issue, but just soft would be a concern because he does have this, um, like you wouldn't need to be um, an expert at, at, at assessing actions to see the way he moves. You know, he's got this big, long, fluent stride, and you know he's going to love fast ground. 
Um, so it, it would be a concern. But look, he has looked a bit different um, to most two-year-olds knocking around this year. Um, you'd love to see him come and put a stamp on it. There's some lovely horses in against them. Um, I, I'm a fan of Iberian. Um, I don't think he'll want the ground super soft for all that he won it last time. I think that the view is that he'll want it, um, he'll want it nicer. But um, as good as he was at Donny, like, look, City of Troy is a margin in front of these. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, from a, from a neutral point of view, it's not a betting view. Um, he can go and put a stamp on this and go into the winter as the fab for the guineas. Yeah, I really hope so. What he did on the July course really had us all applauding and I'm a big one for the fact that the sport needs superstars and that'll keep us warm over the winter months. If he was to bolt up here, hopefully he runs. Uh, Dan Barber, class two-year-old races, group ones are done and dusted with and staying big field handicaps is up next with the Cesarich over the two miles, two furlongs. So it's only right that we bring you back in for this. This is paying six places with Betfair on the sports book, big autumn handicap. Pied Piper, seven to two for the Gordon Elliott Yard, Ryan Moore book for the ride. Grand Provenance, the filly from Andrew Baldings under the penalty, nine to one. Vino Victrix in there, one of a couple for Huey Morrison at nine to one. Also has Not So Sleepy, who's 16 to 1. Splitting them is the likes of the Shunter at 10s and Temporize for Sid Hosey at 14s. It's a race that has plenty of big names, big chances in here, Dan. But all we want to know from you, quite simply, is what wins it. Yeah, it should be a pretty easy answer, shouldn't it? 36 <laughs> runners. Uh, field of suspects, stayers in some cases, and old question marks over what the jumps horses will do now it has been a bit of a jumps trainer's benefit but it was mentioned in a an office chat earlier about the time that Nanton for Jim Goldie ran in a Cambridgeshire and his next start was in the says Jim like trip all trips seem to come alike to Jim don't he, he doesn't hesitate at all he run one over five furlongs then over seven and a mile well Jeremiah's doing that with Alex Jerry riding for the first time um He's always struck me as a horse. He's so prone to missing the break that and the, the longer the distance, the better. He just takes time to wind up. He's 50 to 1. We're probably getting 25 places in this race, aren't we? I wouldn't possibly say. No, just six. That's a disappointment. Uh, but yeah, 50 to 1, he, he'll absolutely do for me a, a massive price. And then I think the most interesting of the the lurking ones is the shunter. He's bound to be well suited by the examination. His handful of starts on the flat have all been fairly encouraging, and we know what he's capable of over jumps. I think his mark could be still fairly generous. Pied Piper is a seven to two chance, and it's nine to one bar. So I've got to be fielding against him at those sort of prices. The shunter amongst the market leaders and Jeremiah each way under the kid of the massive prices. Okay, couple of. Bigger arts thrown at the board then for Dan. Daryl, over to you to unpick the mess of a race that is this, says Arich. Yeah, well, I just, I just don't think the pot, I just don't think Pied Piper will stay. Like, I, I can't believe he's as short as he is. Like, even on his flat campaign when he was with John Gosden, he just never looked like he'd stay further than a mile four. Like, I, he was speedy two mile over hurdles. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he was, he was stayed for me. Um, but on with the shunter, I put him up earlier in the week at 25 to one on the betting.betfair column and he's sort of tumbled in price a little bit. He's only had five starts on the flat. He looked like in those five starts that he was being sort of looked after for something. He was due to run in the Irish Cesarowicz for which he was pulled out for coffin. 
But quite interestingly, in that race, there were there were 12 horses in that race rated 100 plus. And in here, there's only 11 rated higher than him. So this would be a softer option, if you like. Um, it's mad that 300 grand, that, isn't it, compared to 100 grand for this? Mm, yeah. So... I, look, I think he's got a big chance. I think, I think his prep run was was very eye catching. It was it was what it was. He was hung out of the back of the field and and uh, and just asked for an effort late on. Like you go back to his run at um, on the flat. It was Killarney when uh, last year when he was behind Cape Gentleman and the stewards had a good look into the running. So I think this has been in the plan for a long time. Um, Cape Gentleman was rated hundred then. In behind him was Ruling. He was rated hundred and one. He was off levels with Ruling, and Ruling went out and finished third in the Irish's Irish that year, last year. Um, so I think he's more than capable off this mark of, uh, of 94. This has obviously been sort of the plan B for him. So, yeah, for me, it'll, it'll do. Even It's still at 10 to 1. I'm happy to back him at a double-figure price. Yeah, currently 10 to 1. And final word on the Zarich to you, Kev. Who do you want to throw into the mix? Surely you've got another name as well. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd echo Daryl and Pied Piper. Um, horse I like a lot. I just don't know if this is the right race for him. Yeah. Um, like, like this is a challenging race in that getting to the start is a challenge in itself. In that you know you got to go two miles two to get to the start, and if you're the type that takes a bit of a grip, um, you know, it, never you know going down to the start, never mind in the, in the first half of the race, you know, it becomes a real challenge and. Um, like I've no doubt he's handicapped to win a big one. Like you watch him through um the Ascot Stakes, like and it's a race worth watching. You know, he's missed the kick, he's buried him down the rail. Um, and he's like he's actually got more keen as the race has gone on. And like he's absolutely running away with Spencer with half a mile to run the Ascot Stakes. And he ends up down a down a dead end, two furlongs out, switches out into open country about half a furlong later, and he, he doesn't really pick up from there like you might think he would have he just kind of found the one pace and for me the petrol gauge was probably quite low on him you know because to me like like daryl mentioned like over hurdles like i think he's a real a real two miler you know i think the county hurdle last year really suited him you know plenty of cover pace in front of him helped him relax and um and, and that suited him i just don't know if he's a cesare which horse i could be wrong um, okay. uh, but at, at the type of price he is now, for all that, I think he's well handicapped. I'm happy enough to um, to to leave him alone, and I'll go for one with a, with a very contrasting profile in in, in many ways. Um, the very man who, um, as Dan Barber, my quib is 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 nearly old enough to smoke. Um, he's he's a very different profile. Like this will only be his ninth run in the flat. He's nine years of age. Um, very much a late comer to it, but. Um, he's had a couple of runs this year now that would really have caught your eye. Uh, second in um, the amateur riders handicap at Galway. Um, I didn't think he'd be like he looks really slow. I didn't think he'd be quick enough to win the Shergar Cup over two miles, but but he he managed to do it, and he ran very well in the Irish Cesar, which you know it was a race that was tough to get into from off the pace, and he was kind of mid div and and he ran well to a point, but I wouldn't be knocking him too much for finishing seventh. And I just think he's a Cesarewich type of horse. Like he, he's slow. He's very relaxed. Um, he's trying to install turkey tree, but he kind of misses the kick, and he's gonna, he's gonna go back anyway. So I wouldn't be as upset about the draw for him as you would be some others. Um, okay. And 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 he's literally turkey tree to one. Um, so and I, I always go on about those handsome and intelligent um, 
Betfair and, and, and Paddy Power Odds compilers, but they're standout 33. So I think they might have got this one wrong. Um, uh, so punish them, lads. Punish them. We can't be complimenting <laughs> yeah, them all the time. So one. yeah, 33 to 1, the very man will do for me. All right. Uh, let's rattle through the rest of <laughs> the market card. Um, the Zetland Stakes, Kev, I'll stick with you over the 10 furlongs. Arabian Crown, 11 to 10, short price at the top of the market for the Appleby team. Casper Gasp- de Lemos in there for Aidan O'Brien at 7 to 2. Dan Buster, 9 to 2. That is your top three in the betting. Who do you fancy here? Just the five runners. Um, yeah, Gasper de Lemos, um, like ran very greenly first time, looked as slow as a boat. Um, was very surprised that they then dropped him back to seven furlongs at the Cara. Um, but Julie made mincemeat of, of that doubt by um, you know, making most of the running and winning very well. Um, going up in trip, I'd say would be no trouble at all. Um, will actually suit him. Um, there's not uh, he's I know he's out of a Galileo mayor now, but it's not a damn side kind of dripping with stamina. Um, Alice Springs family, um, but looks to have plenty of stamina. And um, yeah, he was the one I favoured, Gaspar de Lamos. Okay, at seven to two. And Daryl, who do you fancy in the Zetland? Yeah, just narrowly Arabian Crown over over Gaspar de Lamos. Uh, I think the two will probably come to the fore and fight it out. Um, but I, I just like I just like the little turn of foot that Arabian Crown has shown. Um, and I think that turn of foot I mentioned it earlier on when I was talking about dance sequence. But at Newmarket, when you hit that dip, it, that turn of foot can just be the difference on this track. So for me, I just think he just might edge it. Whereas Gaspar de Lamos is a is an out and out galloper for me. I think Arabian Crown just might be able to quicken up. All right. Uh, last race at Newmarket to cover is the Darley Stakes, the Group 3 over the nine furlongs, Dan. Um, Knight is your three to one favourite here at the top of the market, having uh, finished behind Chindit at Sandown. The four may have got a boost by the time we're watching this race. Highland Avenue is 11 to two next best. Real gain in there at six to one for Richard Hughes. And further down, Silver Sword at nine to one, who was in that race behind Knight at Sandown. Um, is Knight the standout here? I wouldn't say anything's a standout necessarily, Vanessa, but this real gain has made a proper impression on me climbing the ranks. I mean, I don't know what the, the going rate is for Richard Hughes spending at the early in sales, but this was a six figure purchase. He's three from four. He obliterated them off 91 in a handicap that went more his way than the York race did. I mean, he's out again fairly quickly, a couple of weeks on, but he's well worth his place at this sort of level. But I thought from, from betting perspective, perspective primarily even giving the away the weight i thought spirit dancer was really solid each way he's very very progressive every run seems to be a bit better than the last and he made uh, a much better fist of things stepping up in grade than i thought he would last time that's just confirmation this is a horse that even age six he's absolutely thriving he's on a four-timer and i don't think it's beyond him all right, uh, let's bounce up to York on Saturday. Uh, four races to get through there. We kick off with the 115, Kev. That is the Rockingham Stakes, the listed race over the six furlongs. And Puro Sangui is your seven to two favourite. Who, Kev, I think you've given a shout out to before on this pod in some race in the past, I think. Yeah, no, I have. I liked him. He he, he kind of showed up well on the clock very early days. and. Um, in fairness to him, he's established himself as a good, solid two-year-old without um, being, uh, you know, without busting the doors off the barn. But um, this looks a reasonable opportunity now. I thought he looked very solid, but he he wasn't by selection. I was going with a slightly sneakier one in um, Starlore. 
or I say sneaky or slightly less exposed at least. Um, I, I, I like the drop and trip. I think that's an interesting angle with him. Um, like on pedigree, you wouldn't say he's crying out for it, but um, the way he's shaped suggests that he'll be fine over it. Like it wouldn't be a typical stouty thing. He had um, he had one very, very famous case of it. Oh, Lordy, where's my brain? Um, Agile ran at the Derby and ended up winning the July Cup. But um, yeah, that that, that was an extreme example. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he went through the race really well at Sandown last time and, you know, certainly looked the winner and just didn't you know did, didn't quite find as much as seemed likely and i'd say coming back in trip on softer ground um could be a winning combo for him so i was leaning towards him but it's not a not a bullish view okay daryl let's move on to the 150 at york which is the nursery on the card it's up over the mile and we don't have prices currently with the betfair sports book but did you want to throw a selection in um no not really to be honest, <laughs> um, I actually didn't have this race on my list. If I'm being totally honest with you, V, that's yeah, worry. Calvin will get him if he tips on without a price as well. Uh, yeah. no, that is that is absolutely fine. Let's just move on then to the 225. Daryl, do you have a selection in this? This is the six furlong. It's okay. We're back on track. We're back on track. Al Bashir, nine to two, significantly nine to two. Apollo, one, eight to one. Uh, Pendleton, nines in there. Wob, wob, wob at nines as well. Probably missed a few out. But who do you like here in the big sprint up at York? Well, I'm probably sensitive all year round, every single day of the week. But I don't care what price this is. This has got to win this week, Al Bashir. Right, this is, yeah, this has got to claw something back this week. <laughs> I'm slightly concerned about the ground if the ground will go against him. But my God, didn't he steam home in that in that air go gold cup last time? We see the same um, the, the same horse race side by side with him in in, um, in Rohan, who went out and won at his favoured Ascot. Well, now Al Bashir is back at his favoured York. Hopefully, his favoured York and. Uh, yeah, look, the final furlong sectional backs up that he was finishing stronger than anything else in the race. In fact, he ran the final three furlongs faster than anything in the in the Gold Cup, in the Air Gold Cup. Um, he's clearly handicapped to have a say. I just hope the rain stays away or, 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 or you know, not significant amounts falls for him. Good stuff to be fine. I prefer it on quicker. But I'd have it between him and significantly. I think they're um I think they're a standout pair in this. Significantly actually won that gold cup with loads in hand, really, considering he was blocked in the run and he had to pick up again in the closing stages. So uh, can you believe that horse significantly has gone up just £4 for a head second in the Portland and then winning an air gold cup? Mm. It's unheard of. I can believe it. That English handicapper, he's so lenient. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dan, are you with Daryl in the sense of this is the time Al Bashir gets the job done for him? Well, I've got another... Um, Cliff Horse, haven't I? Apollo one. Oh. Maybe I don't think I'm as pot committed. Daryl's <laughs> two footed with Al Bashir, isn't he? All season, but <laughs> Apollo one keeps finishing place more seconds than Mr. Creosote. But he's, uh, I mean, five films at Beverly. I thought he'd be able to overcome it. He did just like a bit of toe, though. The doubters were correct on that occasion, but he compiled such a solid record before that. Kingscott, who normally rides him, he's back on and. He's just going to be allowed to roll at York, at York, isn't he, on a flat six furlong, which is perfect for him. Okay. Some faith then in some of these old boys. Um, 305 at York, I think you've all signed yourself out of. 
the maiden. I don't think anybody's got a strong view on that. So we will roll on to the three. Can we, can we dial in Tony Calvin? I'm sure he'll have a big opinion on the two-year-old maiden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'll be fuming that that's on ITV. Um, let's just roll on very quickly then to the 3.35 at York. It's the handicap over the 10 and a half furlongs. And Dan, I'll start with you here. Believe in Stars is up near the top of the market at 11 to 4. Laya Kell is in there at 7 to 2. Scampy, 7 to 1. Um, where did you land here? Uh, well, uh, quick one, because we've, we've been going a while, but Car- I like this old school Easter be idea of Carolus Magnus maybe landing a punt for the local trainer at York with Joe Mason on for the first time this year. Eye-catching performance in the Cambridge where... It's a bit disappointing, isn't it, in a race where you beat 25 and still finish only ninth? But that's what he did. He's just out of the weights. But this is a weaker race in the Cambridgeshire, and he was very eye-catching. He, I suspect he's been building up to a massive effort at some point this season, and we're better than York for the East of his. Okay, and final word then to you, Daryl, in this. Do you have anything to add into the mix? I, I agree with Dan. He's a massive eye catch from off the pace. I'm just slightly concerned again about the rain for for Carolus Magnus, but um, I'm hopeful that uh, that he can go well. I, I thought this. I thought this believing stars at the top of the market is a very interesting horse, but I thought Mark of ninety four was pretty stiff um, for him to overcome first time out. Stout's been quite quiet this year as well. It was a slowly run race at Goodwood last time. The horse he beat, he nicked it at, uh, at Lingfield on the all weather from the front. And the second horse has been well beaten a couple of times since rated 77. So I think Mark of 94 is stiff enough for the favourite. Thought looking outside the box, thought Carolus Magnus might go well. Hartswood a good mention too as well. If the ground does get tested, he'll love it. Okay, Carlos Maximus is 12 to 1 and Hartswood is 11 to 2 with Betfair on the sports book. Currently, anyway. Uh, lads, just about time for your naps, please. Dan, I will start with you. What is your nap of a big weekend of horse racing? Uh, stick to what I know best. 135 Chepstow Friday, I write. Beautiful. Love that. Could have predicted that. Um, Kevin, your nap, please. Caught you looking, Philly's mile. Caught you looking, phenomenal mead, lovely. And Daryl, what about you? Uh, 240 York Lordship. Oh, yes. Beautiful, Daryl. I'm with you on that one. Winning okay. place. Oh, terrific. Thank you. That wraps up the show, guys. What a rattle through. Plenty of races. Hopefully, Jesus, God God hopes that we have tipped a few winners in there. We've named enough horses. Before I go, don't forget, completely free bet on racing multiples available every weekend in October. But you need to opt in and you need to do it responsibly, please. There's also the bet five, get five on horse racing multiples available this weekend too. But again, do it responsibly. Have a good one. Enjoy yourself, guys. It's a great weekend of racing. Thank you very much for listening and watching as always. And join us again on Monday where we will be back with Wade in.